just want to pray for just a minute. Um, but even for that, Merle, this morning when I looked at you, I heard that you are right on time. And that God is a right on time God and you're right on time. So I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, let's pray for a minute about the Holy Spirit. He's here, but even more. Come, Lord. Yes, Lord, thank you. I just thank you. I thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for big faith. Because you're a big God. Just thank you for what you want to stir up in us today, Lord. Just open yourself up to him. Tell him he can have his way in you today. He can stir you up today. He wants to stir us up today. That he can stir you up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus' name. Thank you. Okay, so today I want to talk to you about big faith. Big faith. Okay, let's see if I can remember how to work this. Aha, uh -huh, yes. Okay, scripture that we're going to start with is from Mark 11. We're going to read 12 through 14 and 19 through 24. And I'm actually using a very old translation this morning. And you'll see why that DRC 1752 <laughs> pretty old, okay? But as I go on, you'll see why I'm using this old translation. Okay, so let's read this. It says, in the next day, when they, this is Jesus and the disciples, when they came out from Bithynia, he was hungry. He's talking about Jesus. And when he had seen afar off a fig tree having leaves, he came if perhaps he might find anything on it. And when he was come to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the time for figs. And answering, he said to it, May no man hereafter eat fruit of thee any more forever. And his disciples heard it. And then skip to verse 19. It says, And when evening was come, he went forth out of the city. And when they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, behold, the fig tree which thou didst curse is withered away. And Jesus answering saith to them, have the faith of God. Amen. Okay, here, amen. Some of your translations probably say barely or truly. But again, amen, it's like so be it, okay? Amen. I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not stagger in his heart, but believe that whatsoever he saith shall be done, it shall be done unto him. Therefore I say unto you, all things whatsoever you ask when you pray, believe that you shall receive and they shall come unto you. <clears throat> Have the faith of God. Um, okay, sorry about that. I didn't go forward for you guys. Have the faith of God. 
Um, the Young's is also a more literal translation, and it says, have faith of God, okay? Most of your versions say, have faith in God. And certainly, we're to have faith in God, right? Okay? But I think Jesus here was trying to take his disciples to a whole other level in what he was trying to teach them here. And he was trying to teach them about who he was and who they were and who they were to be. So I want us to look at this, and, and that's why I believe the best translation of this is have the faith of God, and I'm going to show you why. Okay, so that first word is the word have. <laughs> it's the Strong's Greek number 2192. It's the word echo. So we know what word do we get from echo? We get echo from echo, right? That's where we get our word echo. And this is the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of echo. It's the repetition of a sound caused by reflection of sound waves. The sound due to such reflection, a repetition or imitation of another reflection. And, and I, I could, this in itself could be a teaching right here, <laughs> okay? This could be a big teaching, but I'm not going to go there, but I encourage you to dig it out, okay? So we are meant to be a reflection, Okay, what, who was Jesus? He was the exact representation of God. He was the firstborn of many brethren, okay? You know, he looked like his daddy. We're to look like our daddy, okay? We're to look the same way he did. Oh, went too far. Okay. The Thayer's Greek lexicon for that echo defines it as to have equivalent to, okay? To own or possess. And that's why I think the more accurate translation here is to have the faith of God. And I think that's the place that the Lord is wanting to take us. That's the place where his people need to go is to have the faith of God, okay? Now, certainly, we have had, we are to have faith in God, but our faith in God is to lead us to having the faith of God. Okay, I think the Lord wants us to make that transition, okay? We have faith in God. We come to know who he is. We come to know who we are, and we move into that place of having the faith of God. And I believe, you know, that's what um, Jesus was trying to get them to do, trying to get them to move to that place in this. And I think that's what he wants us to do. And I'm going I'm to show you a couple of other examples from Scripture. In Luke 9, 12 through 17, okay, it says, When the day began to wear away, the twelve came to him and said to him, Okay, and this is, you know, everybody's probably familiar with this story. All the multitude had come. They had come, and it was getting late, and they were hungry. So they said to him, send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. 
But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. So again, here is another place where Jesus didn't tell them to pray. Okay? He said to them, you give them something to eat. He was calling them to a higher place. Okay? And of course, then they were looking at the natural. That's what our tendency is to do. It's like, well, we only have this. You know, are we, you want us to go buy this? You want us to go do something? But the Lord is calling us to a place where we see in a different realm, where we have the faith of God, where we move in that place where we see things that are not as though they were. Okay? Let's look at another example. Luke 8, 22 through 25. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased. And there was a calm, but he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Okay, so when I look at this scripture, the first thing that I notice about it is that Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And when I thought about that, you know, that's the place we've got to start. We've got to start with what has the Lord told us? What has he told us personally? What has he told us in his word? You know, right now, things in our nation look a lot different than what we, we've heard, okay? I've heard the prophets all saying the same thing, and it's not what we're seeing right now in our nation. And so I have to stop and say, okay, am I going to look at that? Or am I going to believe the word of God? Am I going to believe what he said? That he says, this is the way it's going to be. You know, am I going to look at that? So the first thing we have to do is we have to go by what the Lord has said. What he said to us in his word first. What he said to us personally. Again, the scripture says, you know, the Lord doesn't do anything unless he reveals it to his holy prophets. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't heard any other word. So they've either all wrong and somebody's majorly deceived or we need to get in that boat and go to the other side, okay? We need to, we need to stay in that place. And that's the place, that's why Jesus just laid down in that boat and went to sleep, okay? He's sleeping in the boat. He's just sleeping in the boat. And you got to think about it. These are fishermen, seasoned fishermen. 
And if they are so afraid that they feel like we're going to perish, it must have been a pretty bad storm, okay? But he's asleep in the boat because he has the faith of God. He is moving in the faith of God. He knows he's to go to the other side. So he's sleeping in the boat. He's resting in that. He knows that's going to happen, okay? And I think the other thing here that he was doing, again, is trying to get them to get on board with that. And so he's sleeping. They go wake him up. And, you know, he speaks to the wind and the waves. And then he looks at them and he asks them, where is your faith? Again, he is wanting them to move into a new place. He's wanting them to move into a place where they speak to the wind and the waves, where they understand that they can, can command the wind and the waves. Okay, some of you, this may be stretching you a little bit, but this is who we are supposed to be. And I believe this is where we are supposed to go. And I believe this is what God is trying to do in us. I think back, you know, um, years ago we were trying to sell a house and we had a contract on another house and our house just wasn't selling, it wasn't selling, but we really felt like we were supposed to move. And then it comes up on Christmas time, everybody's like, no houses sell at Christmas time. <laughs> our house sold at Christmas time. And I thought the Lord said that. So the next time this happens, the next time you are faced with a situation that looks like something's not going to happen, remember this. Remember this. And that's what we have to do. We have to stir those things up in us and say, you know, God has said this. God has told this. God has spoken this. And I'm going to remember it. And I'm going to have the faith of God in this situation. Okay? So, um... That's the 822. See where I am in my notes here? Um, you know, Jesus modeled in all these situations, even with the food and in this situation, Jesus modeled for them what to do. Like even when he was feeding, feeding you know, the people, he told them, do this. Start moving in faith. Have them sit down. You know, he had said to them, you feed them. And then he modeled it. And I think he's modeling this here. He modeled for them who they were to be. You know, and so many times we've read these stories and we've relegated it over into the God category. Like, oh, well, he was God, but he was also man. And he was, like it says, the firstborn of many brethren. So he is our example. He is our example. I mean, what does, um, what does Paul say? You know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We are all supposed to be that echo. We are all supposed to be that reflection, that perfect reflection that just like Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Guess what? <laughs> We're supposed to be able to say that. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now I'm just going to tell you sometimes I forget who I am. <laughs> okay? And I get to acting like not who I am, you know. And then, you know, the, I had to get that nudge from the Lord. We all do. And remember, oh yes, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? Who am I representing? You know, who am I the reflection of? Who is my father? Who's your daddy? <laughs> okay. Who's your daddy? Who's 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 our brother? Who's our big brother? You know, who do we look like? Okay. So um, you know, the faith of God. What is that? What is that? And I thought about this scripture, Romans 4, 17. 
God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Frankly, I know some theologians don't believe this, but frankly, I believe that this is how God created the world. You know, some people said, oh no, God doesn't, God doesn't need faith. Well, that's right. That's because God is faith. He defines it. You know, I believe it doesn't exist without him. I think it exists because of God. And he moves out of who he is and he speaks out of who he is. And um, years ago, I had this dream. Um, it was in a lot long years ago. <laughs> I was in my 20s, my early 20s. And I think it was because of the church that I was in. We were in traditional churches then. And, um, you know, every week there was always a invitation given, which that's great. But every week pretty much the message was salvation message. And it didn't go much further than that. So I would sometimes would get to thinking, well, am I saved? Am I really saved? Well, how did I pray the right thing, you know? <laughs> and I would... I, begin to really struggle with this, these doubts that plagued me. And I mean, I, I realize now that it was the enemy. The enemy was messing with my head. You know, this is where all the warfare happens. But it was so bugging me. And I was actually like praying over and over, you know, uh, prayers of salvation, you know. And um, so one night I had a dream. And in the dream, uh, these angels showed up in my dream. And um, yeah, I know there were angels. I mean, they're larger than life, and they were robed, and they were angels. First time I'd ever seen anything like that in a dream. And um, they said, would you like to go to heaven? And I said, sure. You know, I'd like to see heaven. And, uh, and a trap door, that's the only way I can explain it, opened up in the sky, and I went up through it. And I was in, uh, walking across a field with them, and the only way I can explain it, and I've heard other people since then say the same thing, that it was bigger than life. The colors were bigger than life. Everything was bigger than life. And we're walking across that field, and then they said, um, without really speaking, we just kind of communicated, they said, um, is there anything you would like to ask us? And the first thing I thought was, you know, what I'd been struggling with. And I said to them, yes. Um, what about doubt? And they didn't say anything. But they're not saying anything spoke volumes. And it's like it just washed over me. And it was, we live in the presence of God. There is no such thing as doubt. It didn't exist for them. That's why they didn't answer. It, it didn't even exist. It's not in that realm. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, that old movie, The Stepford Wives, you know, and they had this one word in the vocabulary that that's how they figured out who was the robots and stuff because that one word, they didn't have it in their vocabulary. Well, that's the way this was for them. They had no doubt. In God, there is no doubt. That is the place of the faith of God. It doesn't even exist. So it doesn't even come into the equation. And I think that's the place. I believe that's the place. I don't think. I really believe that is the place that the Lord wants to take us. You know, there's a couple of places in Scripture where the Lord swears by himself. 
And that's because he can do that. Because he can't lie. He's true. And it's the same way with faith. There's no doubt in him. There's, you know, like it says, no shadow of turning in him. There's nothing else. Nothing else exists there. And that's the place that he wants to take us. It's a place where that word goes out of our vocabulary. It goes out of our, even our mindset. And I know that's hard to fathom, but I'm going to tell you, I've touched it a few places. And when you touch it, you know it. You, when you touch that place, if you ever had a gift of faith drop on you, I've had a gift of faith drop on me a couple of times. And, you know, I would, I could have looked at the school sky and said it's purple. And you couldn't have convinced me otherwise. And because it was, it was that kind of thing. There was no doubt. There was no shadow of turning in it. And I believe that is the place the Lord wants to take us. You know, he embodies that kind of faith. I want to, I want to go back to that first scripture. And again, I'm going to read this. And when evening was come, he went forth out of the city. And when they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, behold, the fig tree which thou didst curse is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith to them, have the faith of God. Amen. I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not stagger in his heart. And I put here in parentheses, shall not doubt in his heart, because that's what many of your translations are going to say. But believe that whatsoever he saith shall be done, it shall be done unto him. And I'm going to stop right there. I've highlighted say and saith. Okay, because here the Lord has a saying things. And that first word up there, um, let's see. I don't know if I put it in my notes or not. If I didn't, that's okay. I'll just I'll just tell you from off the top of my head. Um, that say word, it's the word ipon in the Greek. But it's spelled E P I think I O N. And it means that um Oh, here it is. I did put it in here. It's in the indicative mood. In the Greek, um, they put things in moods. Okay, they have the, the words have a mood to them. And the mood of this word, say, shall say to this mountain, okay, is a simple statement of fact. It's a very factual mood, word, the mood is. It is a fact. It says, if an, it says, if an action really occurs or has occurred or will occur. Okay? There's, it's going to be, in other words. <laughs> okay? It is a fact. And that's the place that the Lord wants to take us of speaking these things, that we speak them as they are a fact. There is no doubting in it. Okay? All right, and then when you get down here, the rest of the scripture, he says, therefore I say unto you all things whatsoever you ask when ye pray, believe that you shall receive and they shall come unto you. There's a time to speak and there's a time to pray. But in both places, the Lord wants to take us that we have the faith of God in these things, that we are seeing from his perspective, okay? Um. 
I believe that the Lord is trying to move us. Oh, I, went the, I think I went the wrong way. Ah, yes. I think the tr- Lord is trying to move us from what has been the church age into a kingdom age. Okay, we are approaching the end of this age. Not, I don't like that term, end of the world or any of that, because it's not, okay? And I still don't know where, you know, none of us know exactly where we are in that. But we can obviously see that things are escalating in the world and that we are seeing a lot of things straight out of Scripture that we're dealing with and that are trying to come into play. I think many of those things are premature because, frankly, we're not ready. The church in America is definitely not ready, <laughs> okay? We're not in this place of the faith of God, and that's where we got to get there. I told somebody, I feel like we've, we've just gotten the dress out of the mothballs, you know, the bridal dress, and we're trying to get it on, you know. It's got a lot of spots and wrinkles still, you know. We're just dusting this thing off. And so that's why I feel like there's some things that are premature, and, and, and I've felt this, and I've heard other people say it too. I've heard, if anybody knows Kevin's the guy, he talks about this. He's had a lot of visitations with the Lord and stuff. And he says, you know, in almost every generation, there's an antichrist that tries to come forth. That thing tries to come forth, okay? And then it, it gets thwarted, you know, and or it's not time because I think I, I may have shared this group once before that I had a dream that I was the antichrist. <laughs> kind of freaked me out. But the thing that I learned in that dream was the Lord told me in the dream it wasn't my time. and um, And I was like, you know, forget you, but the next thing I know, I'm standing at the throne of the Lord, and he says, it's not your time. (laughs) And it was just, I saw that even that spirit of the Antichrist is under the control of the Lord, you know, that he, you know, overall, God is sovereign, no matter what. You know, some of this we don't understand. We don't understand some of the workings in warfare and stuff, but overall, he is sovereign, okay? So he's over that. So I think the Lord is trying to move us from that church age of where it's more praying, thy will be done, God, do this. And he's trying to move us to the kingdom age because the millennial kingdom, we will rule and reign with the Lord. That's what it says we will do. And I believe that he wants that to be seamless. He wants that to be a seamless transition. That's the way I see it. Kind of like, okay, Enoch, the scripture tells us, Enoch walked with God and he was not, right? He was translated. I believe that he is like a forerunner model of what we are supposed to be and what the end time church will look like, the end of the age church. We walk with God and then we're translated. We are raptured, changed. Okay? We are caught up with the Lord. It is a seamless transition because we've been walking with the Lord and walking in that place and we just cross over. Okay, and then we go into ruling and reigning with the Lord. I mean, it says you'll ju- you'll judge angels, you'll you'll judge nations. You will be part of that. Okay, and again, that's why I think that we're not quite we're not quite there, <laughs> and that's why I think some of these things are a little premature, and um, and so this Revelation four starts after Revelation three. The Lord has been talking to the churches. And then when you get to Revelation 4, 1 through 2, he says, after these things, after John has been listening to the Lord, talking about the churches, he says, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here 
and I will show you things that must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one set on the throne. And I believe this scripture explains where the Lord is trying to take us. He's trying to call us up there that we, we begin to be in the throne room. We begin to see from that perspective. Okay. It says here that, um, he said, I will show you things which must take place after this. This is the place of revelation. Again, this is where I believe that, that Ipon is that place where you see things and you know that you know. I believe it's from this place that we become that echo. This is the place where we get the faith of God because who does it say that he saw there? The one on the throne. And that's what we see when we, when we, when we are caught up in the spirit, like he says, he was immediately in the spirit. When we're in the Holy Spirit, we're in that place of the heavenlies, which is where we are. Okay, let's see. I think that might be my next verse. If it is, I'm going to go ahead and click to go there. Yeah. No. Okay, in Ephesians here, it tells us that where Christ is, Christ, he's raised up, he's seated at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things, God put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, that's us, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then you can skip to Ephesians 2, and it talks about where we are in this picture but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So this is the place where we are, whether we realize it or not, but what the Lord is wanting us to do is to realize that, to come into that realization, to come up here, to get in that place where we are living from this place where we are seated at the throne of God in Christ. And again, I had a, <laughs> an experience with this years ago where I was caught up in, um, you know, it was like in the about, probably about four in the morning or something, I woke up. And the next thing I know, I was taken up in, I've only had this time in time I've ever had this happen to me. And the only way I can describe it is like when you hear people say above the cir circle of the earth. And I realized where I was, I was in Christ, okay? I was in his body and he was seated on a throne and I was inside of him. You know, sometimes I think when we think about this, we think like we're sitting over here, he's sitting here. No, I was in him. I was in his body. I was part of him. And I kept hearing the scripture and I kept hearing far above all rule and reign. And I could see his feet and I could see this huge gap between him and the earth. And I kept hearing this and hearing you are seated in him far above all rule and reign. <laughs> and I actually preached a whole sermon on that that week um, and uh, called it, can't touch this. <laughs> because that's the way I could see what, where we were. 
And that's the place that he wants to take us where we are see who we are and where we are. And that's the place that we speak from and we pray from, okay? That's the place that we function from is this place. Not down here where we say, oh, we'll only have, you know, five fish and a few loaves or I guess I'm going to have to go to the store and get some more. (laughs) Or where we look at the news and we're like, no, okay? He's wanting us to come to the place where we are undaunted. We are without doubting. There is no shadow of turning in us. We know that we know that we know. I think he wants to take us to that place where it doesn't exist for us anymore. Where we can sleep in the boat. We can sleep in the boat because we know we're going to the other side. We know that these things are so. We all know this scripture. We all know it's the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Most of us have recited it since we were a kid, but do we believe it? Do we live it? I was part of a chaplain group, and, um, you know, I was praying and for one of the chaplains, and I started saying this to him, and he was like, well, Janice, that's a tall order. I said, that's not my order, though. It's his order. <laughs> That's what we're to pray. That's the place that we're to go. That's what we're to believe for. We're to believe for the merging of the kingdom of heaven with the kingdom of earth. I believe, the what did Jesus say? The kingdom of heaven is within you, right? I believe it's like I asked Dave one time about lightning. I don't know why I was curious about lightning. And he said, well, he started explaining it to me. And he's like, the lightning comes down you know, heaven, and it meets a charge in the earth that comes up, evidently. They meet each other, right, Dave? Am I explaining that right? (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) And I believe it's that way with the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom's in us, and the kingdom comes down, and we rise up, and we meet. We pull it to earth. We meet together. And I I think the more and more we do that, the more that we walk in this place, the kingdom is going to manifest. It's going to completely come to earth. And that's why I think it's supposed to be a seamless transition, that we transition from this age to the next stage. We walk with God, and then we are not, because we are translated and we are transformed, and the kingdom manifests on this earth. And the sky splits, and Jesus walks through. Okay? (laughs) You ready? (laughs) That's what I think is supposed to happen. Okay? Um, I want to end with uh, what what got me so stirred up, and uh, you know this is what I'm going to speak on, preach on, teach on this week, Lord. As um, last week, um, I um, have a relationship with some people in China, and um, I was praying for them. And as I was praying for them, the Lord took me back all of a sudden. He took me back into the 80s, early 80s. And back then, you know, you'd have, you, we had albums. And um, I would make cassette tapes of the albums I recorded so I could play it in my car because I had a cassette player in my car. 
and um, there was an album, Randy Stonehill. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Bunch of newbies here. Um, but anyway, Randy Stonehill, and he had this album called Equator, and on it was a song called China. I'd forgotten all about this song, but I had it on that tape, and I used to... I used to punch it in. I get off work. I would punch that in. And I would play that song over and over and rewind it. He prayed for China. And he called out for China. And I'd forgotten all about it. And the Lord said, even then you were interceding for these people that weren't even born. I was putting in your heart and you didn't even know it. I was blown away. I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot all about that. I forgot all about that, Lord. So begin to pray even on a different level. You know, that'll make you pray on a different level when you realize that God that was doing something you weren't even aware of. You weren't even aware of what he was doing. And now it's manifesting And uh, as I prayed for them, I heard the middle of this scripture, has a nation ever been born in a single day? The Lord said to me, can a nation be born in a day? Because praying for China, praying for them, seems like such a dawning thing, like that's China. That's communist China. How long has it been that way? You know, what do we all know about it, right? But I heard this. Can a nation be born in a day? I feel like God was saying, can you believe for that, Janice? Can you have the faith of God? Can you have what I see? Can you pray from that place? Can you call for this? Can you believe for it? Can we believe for those things? Can we believe big? Can we have the faith of God? Can we do that? No matter what our eyes see. No matter what we know about a place or people or no matter what we see, can we believe? And the Lord took me to Psalm 2, 7 through 8. He says, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. I will declare the decree. What the Lord has spoken to me. I will declare the decree is what he says. What the Lord has spoken to me. I will declare the decree. Can a nation be born in a day? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will declare the decree. I will declare it. I will speak it. I will speak what the Lord has already said. What has he said? That Jesus will have the nations as his inheritance. And Jesus is in us. So for whatever, 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 whatever 
What has the Lord spoken to you? Is there something that seems so far that you would dare to believe? He's calling us to have the faith of God. He's saying, can a nation be born in a day? Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything I cannot do? He's calling us to partner with him. <laughs> He's calling us to come up here. He's calling us to rule and reign. He's calling us to sit in Christ by him on the throne and see his perspective. Let's pray. Is there anything too hard for you, Lord? <laughs> if you've decreed it, then it's going to be. It will occur. We can count on it. I just believe right now that the Lord is. It wants to stir up things inside of people. Maybe even things that you you just let go of, and you said there's no way. And circumstances made it look like there's no way. Things that happened made it look like it's no way. But his word has said there is a way. Our standard, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe some of you too may have been stirred while I spoke about that about China. I believe some of you the Lord wants to give a nation. He wants to give you a nation that you will believe for. That you will believe can be born in a day. That you believe can be changed no matter what it looks like. That you can believe because the word says that the Lord will have his inheritance in the nations. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for big faith. I thank you, Lord, what's bigger than your faith. There's nothing bigger than your faith. The one in whom there is no shadow of turning. The one in whom no doubt exists. The one in whom calls things that are not as though they were. The one who trusts us. The one who says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. It's like the daddy giving us the keys to the car. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. He trusts us. He wants us to begin to speak. He wants us to begin to be like him, to be an echo. To resemble him, to be a reflection. 
thank you, Lord, that you're moving us. You're moving us into this place where we have your faith, Lord, where we possess what you possess. Because again, you say it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Let's, again, let's just let the Lord, let's dream big with God. <laughs> let's dream big with God. And uh, if you'd like prayer, I'll be up here. Or even pray for each other. If something's stern in your heart, what does this word say? If two or more agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them. Okay? Find somebody and let's agree together. Let's have the faith of God. <laughs>